BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. What is up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of the No with me, Nikki Spo. I am so glad that you are here. So we are chatting today with my longtime girlfriend, Cassandra Dawn. You know her on IG as at Cassandra Dawn XO. She is an art enthusiast and consultant, a model, and a former Playboy playmate. But really, she is just one of my close girlfriends that I love chatting with because she has so much life experience and funny and legit wisdom to share. I want you to get to know Cassandra Dawn. Let's go. Welcome, Casey. I'm so happy we finally made this happen. Me, Thank you for having me on your show, Nikki. I absolutely love listening to your podcast and it always melts my heart just hearing how supportive you are uh, with other women. So I'm super excited to do this with you finally. Thank you. Okay. So, I mean, I have the version in my head of how we met and became friends, which was like, I was in the gallery. You know, I loved my job. I don't want to say that I hated my job, but like there were certain aspects of it, which you know were like so unpleasant. Um, It was like we were working for like the Devil Wears Prada. You know, it was so intense. But I'm like, I don't know. I must have been having a day. And like in you walk and it's like, the on Beverly, what are we on Robertson Boulevard in West Hollywood and the doors swing open and in walks Cassandra Dawn. It's like your hair. It's like you had a fan on your hair. You're having a Beyonce moment and this light just surrounded you. And I'm thinking like, holy, who is this, this bombshell walking into this art gallery. And, you know, my perspective of how we became friends was like, you know, it's my own, but I want to hear like in your own words, like what was your experience of how we met and become became friends? Well, I felt the exact same way towards you, Nikki, because it was basically me, you and Jacqueline, who was like running the show, um, trying to do whatever we could to not make our crazy ass boss come in and like turn our whole world wrong. <laughs> Like, you know, both Which, by the way, Jacqueline was a guest on the show too. So people might, will likely have heard 
of her. I don't remember what episode she is, but she does. It's like we did an episode women in art. So like for reference, who Casey's talking about is um, our mutual friend and former um, boss lady, Jacqueline Nepal. So, okay. So back to your story. You like, it was just us three, Jacqueline, me and you. It was just us three. Both of you guys are like totally perfectly polished. Like you were giving these like Audrey Hepburn, Natalie Portman vibes. And there's super so sweet, stoic, proper, elegant Jacqueline who's like Halle Berry vibes. And I was like, what, what is this? Am I walking into a freaking photo shoot? Like these girls are so intimidating. And then, and it was also just a totally new industry. You know, like I was 20 years old and we definitely did not have the easiest boss. You know, he was absolutely out of his mind. Um, But at the same time, I really appreciated that he actually took the time to really train all of us and just teach us about the industry, even though he could have been a lot nicer about it. I still feel like overall, he taught us, I mean, he definitely taught me like everything that I know. And, um, you know, looking back, I absolutely, I felt like I hated him at times. (laughs) I was so, we complain so much, but then it was also great just having each other to lean on through that whole experience because it was like, this kind of sisterhood I feel that we had. And I, I mean, I thought it was super fun, like getting to come into work and we're dressed super chic every day, wearing high heels. And, you know, I felt like we would just kind of dress up for each other and talk about boys and also get advice on how to close this deal or that deal, like from one another, you know, we all had our own different styles and that part, I really, I love that. I mean, we're together like every day, you know, like I miss, I wish I could be with you every day now. <laughs> no, like I know me too. I miss you so much. You know, it's funny because, um, you are a lot like me in the sense, like I was born and raised here in Miami. And then when people move to Miami, they're like, oh, wow, it's so rare to meet someone born and raised in Miami. And then like, I remember when I was living in LA, I felt like nobody was from LA, but here were you and Jacqueline who were born and raised in LA. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like maybe there's some normal people here after all. And, you know, it was just, it was so great to like build a network between the two of you. And it really, you guys became like my family away from Miami, which which felt really nice in a strange new world, right? That that I felt like I was in living in LA, but we had the common thread of of having, you know, the intense boss, which I could not agree with you more. Like I look back on that time and I'm like, oh my gosh, he was such a dick. But like I really did learn so much from him. And he really t- he you're so right. Like he took the time. Yeah, I mean, he was really difficult, but I think I feel like he really challenged us. You know, he challenged us to be our nothing was ever good enough. And when nothing is ever good enough, you actually do push yourself to, to try even harder. And then eventually you, you, you do succeed. I mean, I think it's a little bit like sports, right? I mean, he would remember he would make us watch these like football training videos. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Make us watch these training videos of professional athletes on a football field training every day and basically showing that if you work really hard at something every single day, then eventually it's going to become like breathing to you to just like succeed at everything that you do, which is you know, looking back, it's kind of funny that he even did that for us, but obviously it worked. It did work. And I'm grateful for that training. You know, I feel like it served me in a lot of ways. Like, and I felt like I could go into, I don't, I'm sure you felt like this too, but you can speak for yourself. Like, I felt like I go, go into the world and like, after having survived and, th- and not just survived and in that job, but thrived in it also that I could like go in to any other position and like totally kick ass. Like I was like, I got this. I was like, I got this because he prepared me for life, people. You're like, this is a breeze compared to my last job. <laughs> but it was great. And the, and there was potential for it to make really good money as there is in sales. It's true. I mean, I, I definitely think that it's a really uh, u- unique uh, 
trait you have to have to be really good at sales. You know, I don't think that just anybody can do it. And I think that the reason why they could have a bad reputation is because some people are just like weird about it or maybe trying a little hard or, you know, pushing a little bit too well, hard. It comes off like as disingenuous, right? Like sometimes. Yes, definitely. But I mean, I think, I mean, all three of us, like we really knew our shit. <laughs> so totally. So, but you are gifted, honestly, Casey, like from the moment I met you, like, and I know that you were working, I feel like you were working at a tanning salon before that. And yeah, yeah. like you were the top seller at the tanning salon. Like I was, you're gifted at the art of selling. You are gifted at the art of selling. How did you become such an incredible art dealer? I mean, you know, the truth is that, I mean, at age 18, I worked at a tanning salon on Sunset Boulevard and it was commission-based and they they made us go through like 10-hour um, sales training seminars, you know? And I mean, they took it really seriously for just being a tanning salon. It was actually called Sunset Tan. They had a show on E for anyone that it, but that was my first job. And, and then after that, I was at a photography studio as an assistant. And then that was when I started at the gallery after that was when I was 20 years old. And, you know, I, I think can't believe you're only 20. I cannot believe that. Well, well, all of us were babies back then, Nikki. Like we were little babies. Like just, you, you just moved to LA. I feel like, I mean, it's I, so, I had just moved to LA. It's so crazy how many chapters we've like gone through since we first met. But, um, I mean, if I think for any sales job, there's pressure to meet quotas and obviously you're, you want to make ends meet. And obviously it, it never feels good to not be the good at sales on your team. Right. So, you know, it's important, to, you know, be um, self-motivated, but, um, I mean, I think what, what can make, what makes someone good at sales is, really knowing your audience, first of all, knowing when you can um, push boundaries, when not to, um, being mindful, being professional, being time sensitive, like you can't take too long to respond, um, giving the client information they may not already know. Um, I also think being generally passionate about what it is that you're selling, generally liking it and believing in it is really important because other people can feel that too. And um, be genuine and be yourself. You know, and I think also too, you must be a people person. Like you must be someone that likes to meet new people, interact with people. You can't be shy. You know, you have to be like kind of like comfortable in your own skin um, and also be comfortable with working under pressure because um, it, it is a competitive environment, right? Like anytime that you're working in sales, um, some people don't like that. Some people don't like to, you know, be under any kind of pressure, but I mean, I do. I mean, I think that with our experience at that gallery, we just kind of got used to operating well under pressure, right? And then you can, you can like have months that are just total shit, like that are just not like the people are not, like, it doesn't matter what you do, you know, like, and the sales aren't going to come in. And then you have other months that are just amazing bananas, like so, so good. And so I think like a, a hard part of being in a sales position is just like trusting the ebb and flow of, of sales as a whole. Right. And like being comfortable with the uncomfortable yeah, kind of like to your point, right? There's only, there's only so much that you can control, and um, but I, but I do think that you know, n really knowing your your product, being really passionate about it, um, speaking um, about it from your heart. You know, for me, I was always really inspired by aesthetics. I was genuinely inspired by the artists and the the art that we represented. So I think that it made it easier. Um, but. Yeah, there definitely were times where it was like really unpredictable. And then you're also, you know, your boss is coming in saying, if you don't sell this much, you're going to be fired next month. And obviously <laughs> that can really motivate you too. Even though he, he was just saying that. You were always so comfortable in your skin from day one. Like I, even though like, and I studied art history, right? Like 
I still felt like so uncomfortable. When you say, bring up the point like of being comfortable in your own skin, I think that that is a major selling point across the board, whether you're in art sales, car sales, luxury goods, what whatever you're selling. Like it took a long time for me personally to, be, to get comfortable in my own skin. And like, I remember when I went back to work with Jacqueline at her gallery now, like after I had my first son, like my perspective on myself was like completely different. And I wound up being like, I mean, so much of a better art, art dealer because of that. Like, I think that you really do have to be comfortable in your own skin. And that going back to this idea that it's not just about like sales in like, like we're selling a product, we're really selling ourselves all the time. It's true. And also that's just kind of how life is, right? Like when you're, when you're working in any kind of sales job, this includes art sales, um, you're going to be told no sometimes. You'll be rejected sometimes. Sometimes people won't always be nice to you about it as well. And um, I just think that if you're okay with that and like, you know, just a, a normal part of life, it's not going to, you know, make you feel that bothered really. And also we were really young. And, and actually at the time I was so intimidated by you and by Jacqueline because you had your fine art degree. And then, you know, Jacqueline had a master's degree in business. You know, I didn't have any degree at all. I was just like a little 20 year old, just walking in, like learning this totally new field, like not knowing anything. <laughs> And feeling like, oh my God, I'm amongst these super professional, intimidating women, you know, but it's just funny how I think that when you like look back, you know, all of us were obviously younger. We're like still growing into the women that we were going to be. It's funny to think like we had so, uh, and I still do, but we had so much to offer, but didn't really realize it. I think it's a, a major point though, that, that needs to be heard by people is like, you don't have to have a college degree. You don't have to have a master's. You don't have to like have studied something. You know what I mean? Like there's certain life qualities and like personality traits that will, if you focus on those, there's a book called Strength Finders that really does this. And it focuses obviously like on your strengths versus your weaknesses where you just like breathe life into those things. Obviously you want to get better at like the things that you're not good at. Sure. But like really focusing on the things that you are excellent at. And it seems like you really, really did that. But all this time, Casey, like you were also modeling. I remember you were modeling back in our, these LA art days and you were really made a career for yourself with it. Um, what was that like for you? And did you always see yourself modeling for Playboy? Um, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I grew up in the 90s and I grew up looking at my mom's fashion magazines. You know, I loved Naomi Campbell. I love Cindy Crawford. Like I thought they were all so beautiful and I, I loved fashion photography. I actually thought that I was going to be a fashion photographer. You know, that's why I was an assistant at a photography studio. And then obviously getting into that art gallery job, I was most passionate about the fashion photographers. That totally. We I remember that. Yep. And, um, you know, I obviously that job was really frustrating. <laughs> And then when photographers that we represented kept saying, what are you doing? You should be a model. Try it out. You know, the more difficult that job felt, the more I was like, oh, maybe I should try, you know, a different career path. Maybe I should. You and felt like that? I did. I was like, maybe, maybe I should. Like, why not? But really, I never really thought that I could, to be honest. You know, like you, I, I kind of, at the time I was 20 years old and I was like, you know, envisioning myself as this like little kid really, you know, and it wasn't something that I thought was a uh, reality for me. So then when I finally um, ended up, you know, signing to my first agency, I, 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 you know, they needed you to have an available schedule. They need you to be able to drop everything you're doing, you know, go to a casting or whatever. And that was when I, you know, made the decision to uh, leave the gallery, which God, he, our boss wasn't too happy about that at the time. Um, but I mean, it was, it was really lovely and honestly, such a blessing to be able to do it. Um, there are a lot of like pluses to it. You get to travel to new, exciting cities, cities, you get to make a lot of um, friends from all over the world. It's all, it's like a 
pretty easy job. You know, you get paid to basically stand there and just, you know, be attractive. <laughs> but um, at the same time, I didn't like that it's such a superficial industry, obviously. You know, all of it is about, um, you know, what you look like and it's everyone's comparing themselves to one another. Everyone is sizing themselves up and you're being picked apart every single day. You know, it's not, I mean, it's a huge part of the job to walk into an agency and to be totally prepared to be criticized or to be told no, to be rejected all the time. And I mean, it does teach you to have a really thick skin and to, um, uh, you know, have high self-esteem and, and be confident. But the truth is not every woman feels that way. I mean, I, I made a lot of friends back, you know, back then during my like 10 year period of modeling. And it's actually a little bit sad. Like, I feel like there was a lot of cattiness, you know, amongst friends and jealousy and catty remarks, because I just think that it's such a self-absorbed industry. And obviously it is like, it's all based on taking care of yourself and how beautiful are you? And, you know, you're walking into castings with 20 other people that look just like you and, you know, so-and-so gets this job and so-and-so got that job. And I can't imagine. Yeah. And, and then it's also, it's also pretty unstable. It kind of I mean sales is as well. But I think that with sales, if you're really good at what you do, you can kind of do well no matter what. It's also well, different. It's not like you're not like getting told no because your face is a certain way or your body is a certain way. Like, you know, for me, you're, oh, you're too tan or, oh, you have tan lines or, oh, you have to get rid of your highlights. And then a month later, oh, you have to do highlights again. Like it felt a little bit silly. I, I was obviously grateful to have that chance. Like I'm not going to sit here and complain and say, oh my God, I was a model. But um, I don't miss the shallow aspect of it, you know? But I mean, there are really fun and glamorous sides of it too. And I've made some like lifelong friends. I mean, from all my different jobs I've had, I've made lifelong friends. Well, like, I think that's really fun too. Like, you know, to be able to look at that, like I, I was, um, I just did a, a solo episode recording Casey and it was like what I would tell my 20 self. And one of the things is like, enjoy, enjoy like your youth. Right. Yeah. Um, like yeah, 10 years later, you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, I thought I was fat. I thought I was this. I thought I was that. Like whatever it was. And you're like, oh my gosh, like had fewer responsibilities, you know, all these things. And it's really, I feel like a message that I want young women as like, especially women in their twenties is just like to really enjoy themselves because it is a really fun time. Yeah. And also you don't have, yeah, you don't have as many responsibilities at that time. Right. And you can be a little bit more self. Even if you feel like you do. Right. Because I feel like I had, we, you and I did have responsibilities. Like we didn't grow up like having everything, you know? And so we did have responsibilities, but definitely like, like it, it changes as you, as you move through life. And I, one thing that I really, I don't know about you, how you feel about this, but it's like one thing that I try to think about is like, my best days are still ahead. And so that's something that I want young women to know too, is like the best days are still ahead of you. Like the days you had were amazing. And like, guess what? Life gets to get better and better and better. Uh, yes. I think that it's all about just being goal oriented. And as long as you're focused on doing your best, being your best self every single day, that's really all that matters. I mean, I've always looked at it um, where if, if, if each year is better than the previous year, then I'm happy with the direction that it's going, like whatever, whatever that may be, you know, and everyone's not everyone's path is the same. And I think that people, you know, put a lot of pressure on themselves to be perfect or to, you know, uh, be a certain way or whatever. And I just think it's, yeah, to just like sit back and enjoy it. Speaking of paths, like how did, what was your path to Playboy? Like, I'm, I mean, I feel like I know a little bit, but I'm like, this is so, it's so dazzling to me. Like, I think it's, it's like such a foreign thing for me and I'm just so intrigued by it. 
Well, I think that it's interesting because I think that posing for Playboy to some people can have such a stigma. Like, oh my God, that's so bad. She posed nude for a magazine. But for someone like me, you know, when I was a little girl, I came across uh, my stepdad's stack of Playboy magazines and I looked through the pictures and I love photography. I mean, ever since I was a little girl, I love photography. And I saw these women and they were like glowing goddesses. Like they looked like beautiful, statuesque, like you know, stunning, real womanly women. I like thought, I thought to myself, that is the epitome of a real beautiful woman. And I was a little kid. I was not startled by the fact that they were naked. There was not one part of me that was like, oh my God, that's vulgar. That's so weird. They're naked. How interesting is that though? Like we are taught to think that that's vulgar. Yeah. Which I think is so weird. I mean, you know, we're all, we're all you know, born naked. (laughs) Like it's really not a big deal. So I think I'm someone who personally does not think that nudity is a big deal, especially if these are photos that are shot in a a very tasteful way, which, you know, when I was little, I thought that the like, or even growing up, like in my teenage years, I thought that the Playboy brand was like really cute. Like I love the bunny. I used to go to parties at the Playboy mansion, you know, like the little bunny costumes were so cute to me. Like it was all like an adventure to be honest. So when I was given that opportunity, it's actually interesting, but the editors contacted my agency at the time. They're like, oh, we want her to come in for a casting. Then they offered a contract. And at the time I was like, oh my God, like I never thought, you know, that I would ever have the chance to become a playmate because that's like a real woman, you know? Um, And I, I look at it as a fun chapter of my life. I made a lot of fun friends. It was a really glamorous time. Like, um, you're going to all these events and just, you know, wearing the cute little bunny costume. And I've made a bunch of friends. And at the time I was like single and you're like getting asked out on dates by rock stars and like celebrities. And it just felt like really fun. Um, I don't look at it like there's really anything um, like negative or like bad about it. But I do realize that, you know, some people can be quite critical or judgmental about, you know, if, if someone poses for Playboy. How do you handle that? Um, Honestly, I don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. For you. When I when I made the decision to shoot for Playboy to become a playmate, I was fully aware that I, it could come with some criticism or judgment. And you know what? I, the most interesting thing to me is that the only people that I've ever run into who were critical or judgmental about Playboy are always ex girlfriends. It's only. <laughs> Of course. It is only ex-girlfriends that ever have, or ex-wives that ever have anything negative to say about me posing for Playboy. No one else cares. You know, you know, guy, like in, when I've been in relationships, like guys don't care. Like if anything, like, oh, oh, that's hot, you know, but they, they definitely, I mean, my husband doesn't care. Like he looks at it as that was, I was in my twenties. It was a fun chapter. And now I'm in my thirties. I'm pursuing different things and have different goals. And it's really not a big deal, but I, I, I would hope that the day would come where women aren't catty towards another woman for being comfortable in their bodies and comfortable with their sexuality or just someone like me. I just don't think that nudity is a big deal. I think that the female body is beautiful. I think that it should be embraced in all shapes and all sizes. We bring life to this earth like no human on this earth would exist like without us. So I don't I, I don't deal. I don't even think it's linked to sexuality, to be honest. Like, I think it's more like I'm comfortable with how I look one day when I'm old and gray. Like, I want to be able to look back at these photos and be like, hey, hey, grandkids, like, look, I was a centerfold. Like, it's fun. I love that. I mean, on another, like on in my, my like 
limited version of that, right? Like I took maternity pictures and I tell every woman I know, like, if you get pregnant, take those, take the pictures. Like, or, or even like I did, I did a lingerie shoot that are just pictures for me, like before I got married, you know, that were like leading up to my wedding. I have those for me. Like, cause, because, and I think about that, that was my thought process. I was like, one day I'm going to have old wrinkly skin and that I'm going to, I hope to be the type of woman, Casey, who like embraces that, right? Like I have age, I have wisdom, I have years. There's like, there's love and experience in all my cracks and my folds, you know, like embracing a new mom's body. But how amazing to like be able to look at this. Um, it's almost like history, right? Of yourself and be able to like call upon the time that was, you know, and you look back, like I, we were born, think about it. We were born before 2000. I'm like, we were born in the 19 whatevers. Like my kids are going to be like, what? <laughs> you know, like I think today's 21 year olds. Yeah. They're like, they were born in two, th- there's the 2000s. Like it's, we're like relics, you know, and to be able to look back on these years is just, I don't know. Like there's something so special about it. So I always tell women, like, if you have an opportunity, I don't care. Like if you think you look, look big, if you think you look ugly, if you think you look, especially with new moms, if you think you look tired, get in the picture anyway, get in the picture anyway with your kids, take the picture of when you were pregnant, like take the, take the pictures, take the picture. Cause the time will come where that, that period of your life will pass. And you're, you're going to want to look back and remember, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like I think, I, I think if anything, it's all just for the sake of like adventure, like just to say that you did it. You know? I love that. I love that attitude all for this, like for the sake of adventure. Just to not judge yourself for wanting to do things that are just fun, you know, like I think that everything has to be so serious and, oh my gosh, yeah. but, you know, it can be such a shame that, uh, you know, women can be so hard on others for wanting to be sexy or, oh, we don't take that person seriously because they're a playmate or whatever. Like, I just think it's, it's so odd to me, you know, I'm, I'm in person, before shooting for Playboy, after shooting for Playboy, absolutely nothing has changed. Like that was like just another, you know, modeling job or whatever, but a really fun one. Like it's not that big of a deal. I think that women's attitude in general is shifting though. I think that there's a collective shift that is, that's really important. I think we're having, having these conversations. I think like, you know, you and I are both fans of Emily Ratajkowski and like her book, My Body, like, and having like body autonomy and ownership over your body and like, having control over and a say in, in how your pictures are used and who gets to say, what about you? I just think it's a really powerful movement that's happening that she and so many other incredible women, hopefully we're, we're in that group of incredible women, right. That are bringing light to these conversations. Yes. I would like to say that we are (laughs) like, we're the anti-shaming women. Like you want to do, do you boo, do you boo. What is, um, what are your feelings about like women in general and their relationships to their own bodies? I mean, I think it's obvious that with these, uh, with the social media and everyone's kind of comparing themselves and social media tends to make everyone, you know, with editing and lighting and, you know, plastic surgery, like no judgments, no judgments about any of those things. But I think that it's really easy to forget that, you know, it is editing, that not everything that you see is actually what it seems to be. And to just not, um, you know, don't compare yourself. Like, you know, the grass is always greener where you wish. I think it's important to remember those things because, Nowadays, it seems like everyone has to be perfect or you have to have this dream job in order to be successful, that you can't have a normal job, that it's bad to have an office job, you know, because it seems like on Instagram, everyone is just, you know, getting paid to just be an influencer. And I think that there's also this stigma of, oh, no, I wish I could, you know, I wish I could be like that. No, it's kind of lame. I don't have that. Like, I th- I've, I've definitely met people who have those feelings. And I think that, um, you know, women should be comfortable. Like, I think that if anything, what's considered normal is actually cool. 
and to not idolize too much, like everything that you see on, you know, on TV or like in Instagram to just not compare yourself. So you have been somebody, Casey, who in my eyes has always exuded like just so much confidence. What do femininity and strength look or sound like to you? Thank you for saying that. You know, I think that the older I get, the more I kind of start to realize that, um, you know, a confidence is something that, you know, people need need to constantly work on. You know, I don't, I mean, I, you're right. Thank you for saying that. Cause I do feel like I've always been naturally confident. I don't really know where that comes from, but I, I would say that it could also be because I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I accept that, you know, I have flaws. If I, if I feel like there is something that I consider to be a flaw, I'll do whatever I can to work on it. Like, I think that it's important that, um, you know, if you believe in self-improvement, I've always loved self-improvement, self-help books. Like, I think that there's always room for anyone to improve. So, um, I mean, and also too, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be a woman. Like I'm such a girl's girl and I'm very much like a feminine type woman. I think that it's good to just embrace it. Like you like being girly or you want to be a tomboy, who cares? Just be, just be yourself and don't, and kind of like, don't care what, what other people think of you, you know? Like, I think that that's another thing is I've just kind of done what I wanted and what I genuinely enjoy. And as long as I'm not hurting anyone, then I don't really care what anyone else thinks. You know, like why? Like there's enough pressure. There's enough pressure in life, right? We don't need to add to it. Yeah. We don't need to add to it. And we're our own worst enemy in so many ways. You know, it takes a lot of awareness, number one, to like be like, I love myself. And number two, to also be like, you know what? I don't love that about myself. Like, let me work on it. And to your point of like being open and that's never, you can never like, you're like, there's never like a, and I say this all the time, like there's no end, end game, right? Like we're not like, okay, I've arrived. Like I've grown enough. Like says who? Never. Never. And, you know, also, also too, I wish, um, you know, I grew up with a single mom with, uh, you know, two sisters and a brother. There are three of us, um, three of us girls and my brother. And I have always been such a girl's girl. And I really wish that instead of women looking at one another as competition, that they would just want to be friends and help each other. I'm someone that always wants to help my friends. I'm the first one to mention a friend's name if there's an opportunity that comes up. I've always been someone who's had a big network of friends because of girlfriends, because I've had so many different jobs like throughout, you know, since I moved to LA when I was 16. And I think that it would just be better if you know, women would stop comparing themselves to one another and would just want to be friends or supportive of one another. And that just because someone is different from you or might make different choices in you that you might not necessarily make, as long as they're not hurting anyone or hurting themselves, it shouldn't really matter. You know, just if that person's happy, support their journey, support what they're doing. And I mean, I'm saying this because I feel like, you know, unfortunately in my life, I have dealt with some, you know, criticism or judgment or, you know, unfortunately cattiness, which I think comes from the, you know, entertainment industry. There's a lot of that in West Hollywood. I think that you see a lot more of that when you work in entertainment or modeling um, than you would if you had like a corporate job, you know, but that's just something that, that I, that I would really like to encourage. Um, I mean, it, it takes a pretty big person to a confident person to say that who doesn't look at another beautiful woman as, Oh my God, that's my competition. But, you know, I think that women as a whole, we'd be a lot stronger and happier if we were to uplift one another, as opposed to comparing or tearing someone down. I see it all the time. I was just at a heat game the other day. And there was a woman, there was like two couples. They were not, they weren't at the heat game together. And this is, can be included in our episode or not, but I was at a heat game. The woman sitting in front of me, there were two women sitting in front of me, but part of another couple. And 
one woman was very like wear baseball cap, hair down, just like her jeans and t-shirt, like whatever. Normal, very normal, like how you would go to any sporting event. And then the woman next to her was like had these like huge boobs, super tight dress, like platinum blonde hair, like huge fake eyelashes. Um, was obviously pretty, right? Like very obviously in your face, attractive, like hard to deny that. Right. And when she and her, the, her date, whoever she was with, like got up to leave the woman next to her turned around to me. I don't know why. And said, Oh my gosh, finally she left. What a bimbo. And I'm like, it's such a shame. It is such a shame. And this happens to me all the time that I observe these things because I'm so anti that attitude. I'm like, do you know how ugly that is? Like, and I'm not talking about like physically. I'm like, that's ugly from the inside. That's inside ugly. Right. So, and it it happens to me. I see it at the gym. Like a woman who's like, yeah, well, I mean, sure. I I could look like that if I was in my twenties. And I'm thinking like, let her live her life. Like (laughs) who cares? Who cares? And, and also, too, how anyone treats others is really a reflection of how they feel about themselves. Like, that's something that I also really, really believe in. So obviously, that woman who said that isn't very confident in herself and was feeling a little bit, you know, like threatened. I mean, and also, too, stereotypes can be very real. You know, what I'm saying, of course. Do, do whatever makes you happy. And as long as you're not hurting anyone, you know, I think, unfortunately, there are stigmas, there are stereotypes. And, you know, you know, even for someone such as myself, you know, I, you know, modeled, I was in Playboy. And then when, I, when I'm entering a professional realm, I realize that there are also stigmas and stereotypes that I have to overcome. Like, oh, this bimbo. Oh my God, her Instagram. Like, I know that that is something that crosses people's minds when I'm in a professional environment. So I think that you have to also be aware that you might have to overcome those things, you know, like for someone like the blonde girl sitting at the you know, um, basketball game because she's so outward, like with her appearance, I'm sure she's prepared to handle criticism, stereotypes or whatever. Like that kind of goes hand in hand with it too, unfortunately, but how do you do that? So like you on your, on your scale, like were you, so, and we're going to talk about this too, because now you're transitioning into your career for, with real estate. Like, how do you overcome these stereotypes? Well, so I'm, I'm still so fairly new in the industry and, um, I also think it's interesting that in a lot of professional environments, they can be male dominated, right? A lot of uh, work environment, professional environments are male dominated. I mean, you know, I think that that's just like a, a norm. And I'm really happy to see that that's changing, that more women are, you know, not only staying at home or want to have other careers or endeavors that they're doing, right? But um, I do, with some of the meetings that I've had, I've had a little bit of a sense of, okay, so you're a housewife in Brentwood? And you want to be a real estate? <laughs> yeah, I have. I have definitely, um, you know, seen some of that already. And you know, for someone like me, where I love aesthetics, if something is beautiful and inspiring to me, such as the interior design of a beautiful home, and it kind of goes hand in hand with contemporary art sales. And my husband is in commercial real estate, and also, you know, sales is a huge part of my background. It all actually makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> But I've definitely run run into that already. And you know what? Similar to how I feel about Playboy or anything, I just don't really care because I think that if anything, it's quite a fun challenge to prove people wrong and to not be what, to not fall into what that stereotype is and what what people would expect. And I think that that's also what leaves people totally dumbfounded is, oh my God, you're not that, that stereotype that I thought that you were. You know, people always end up kind of being surprised like, oh wow, you're actually a deep person, have something to say. And you actually have, you actually read books. And I'm like, it's such a shame that people would, you know, 
make assumptions about someone based on what they look like. Yeah. And you're like, in your head, you're like, I'm actually about to be this best salesperson on your entire team. Right? Cool. <laughs> like, so. but cool. Yeah. Through, through my smile cool. and like, I'll do a little hair flip, but yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. I know that you know what I mean, because even in our galleries, you know, people would kind of like walk into the gallery and think that we, you know, didn't really know our stuff just because we we're like these like young, cute girls or whatever. <laughs> Um, but it's so fun. It's it's actually a fun time. And I love that you view it as a challenge to break the stereotypes. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, I'm not going to sweat it. I'm not going to sweat what you think about me. And you'll just see, you'll get to know me. And I think that's what it is. It's like, no matter what, just being true to yourself and saying like, okay, like, you know, and Ka- I interviewed Katya Henry and she's like, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And that's okay. Exactly. Like, that's okay. Exactly. You know? and also too, where I think a lot of it is coming from is I think that for men, it can be a little bit intimidating when a woman is very comfortable in her own skin and also capable or is pursuing something that, you know, typically only a man does it, you know? Um, I think that they're like, oh, oh, wow, they're leveling up, you know? But that's the collective shift that needs to be happening anyway, right? And it's so happening. And especially with your podcast, I feel like you've been shining such a light on that and having so many interesting, like powerful, unique women of all different walks of life. And I'm just, I'm just obsessed with it. I'm just obsessed with everything that you're doing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Casey. You know, I'm, I've been waiting for this moment and I'm so, so happy to like have this opportunity to share space with you. I miss you. I love when you come into town. Like, I feel like big things are just really coming your way. Thank you so much for listening to The Know. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The Know. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sap Spo and The Know with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.